The A-List Podcast is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Welcome into an emergency episode of the A-List Podcast. I'm Claudia Lunas, joined by HR Blakely, Gary Washburn. For the record, we actually recorded this week's episode already, but of course, the NBA being the dramatic thing that it is, decided to mess up our plans. Marcus Smart, the big news, he is no longer, reportedly no longer, a Boston Celtics, the trade three, you've probably heard about the trade. Let's just react, react, because I had flabbergasted. I'm I'm not flabbergasted. Um, I'm disappointed, not disappointed in the trade, but just disappointed that he's leaving. Uh, He's been a staple of this organization for a number of years, been to the playoffs every year, a big reason why they've been so consistent in getting to the postseason and elevating over the course of time has been the play of Marcus Smart. Uh, And, you know, the the thing that Marcus brings to the table that, again, it's one of the things I really appreciate is that unlike a lot of folks who come from another part of the country that come to Boston, he immediately embraced this community and they embraced him. Yeah, Marcus Smart is, is one of those guys that I'm telling you right now, when he comes back for the first time, of all the former players that have come and gone since he arrived, I don't think anyone is going to get a lot of ovation from the fan base because they love him. They appreciate him. He drives us nutty, makes us angry, pisses us off with some of the shots he takes. But for me, that is the kind of stuff that you do and you react to when you're dealing with family. And Marcus is always going to be seen as, as part of the Celtics family. Uh, which is why we one minute we loathe him, some of the things he does, and the next minute we love him wrapping our arms around him because he means that much to us. So, uh, and, and and y'all know how I feel about Marcus. He's always going to be one of my dudes. Uh, he's he's one of the few legitimate dogs in that locker room that, you know, when I think about teams that compete for championships, uh, that's the thread that typically binds those teams together. They have one or two guys that have that dog-like mentality. Uh, and Marcus certainly brings that to the table. Uh, and for him, I'm just happy that, again, he's going to a team where I think his talents are going to be appreciated much more than they were with this particular group in Memphis. So uh, disappointed that he's leaving, uh, but but obviously happy with the situation he's walked into and frankly happy with the return that the Celtics are getting on this. Yeah, um, I'm mixed emotions. Um, I've said over the last couple of weeks and months that, I think some of the good things and the great things Marcus did for this franchise was starting to be leveled off by some of the things on the court, not off the court, on the court that weren't so great. And I thought that they were starting to level off a little more. I, I don't think he had a great year. Um, I think that, you know, he showed that he could run a team and he was good to a point last season, not this past season, but the season before that. And I don't think the Celtics took a step forward in terms of their offense, running their offense, having good fourth quarter offense. I don't think they took a step forward last year. Um, And it cost them. It cost them a a shot to go to the finals. Um, You know, it it cost them a lot. And so I understand the move. Uh, It changed the dynamic of your team. You know, Marcus has been here since 2014, so nine great years, you know, where he established himself as a fan favorite to some, but one of the more polarizing players I can remember covering. There's there's the Marcus, you know, rabid fan base, and then there's the people that were like, 
got to get him out of here. Um, it was both sides. So um, I think Memphis is a perfect place for him. He'll, you know, the grit and grind, grind house. He'll bring that back. You know, I'm sure, you know, he'll talk to Tony Allen and get some tips on how to how to bring that grind back. He'll be a good role model for John Morant. Good, good older head, not old head because not old. He's still only uh, about to turn 29 or I think, I think 29. And um, but he'll be one of the older voices in that locker room, having been to a finals, having been to many Eastern Conference finals. Um, he'll bring a good experience to that locker room. I think Memphis will love him. I think it's a good fit. Um, I'm a little surprised that Memphis gave up Tyus Jones uh, for Smart and a first-round pick. I thought Jones was one of the top backup point guards in the league. I thought he would have handled the team well when John Morant was suspended. Um, but, you know, you never know. Um, just like I was surprised that they gave up Smart. I just think the Celtics felt like, they had to, to shake some things up. The backcourt was crowded. The Brockton trade obviously didn't go through. And, um, you know, there has to be something that gave, you know. And and I just think that there was kind of times where I think they felt like with a pure point guard, someone who can distribute, hit mid-range jumpers, that the offense would would make things easier on Jason and Jalen. And as much as, you know, you lose some so much of your heart and soul, um, I think it just forces other guys to have to step up. Jason and Jalen got to be leaders now. They're, Jalen's now the senior member of this team. Um, it's up to other guys. And I think Marcus had a great run. But I just think there were certain things that were never going to change. Like he's never going to be a, a premium three-point shooter. He was. There's always going to be a level of play that was just going to be Marcus. And for years, the Celtics put up with it, dealt with it, and he flourished in, in certain situations. But I think last year when they really needed a floor general, I don't think he was quite up to task, and I don't think that's his role. And so I think they, and I, and I think that they probably thought we've got to either move him or Malcolm. And they moved Malcolm. Sorry, they were going to move Malcolm and then they moved Marcus. Now, what to, I don't know how the extent of Malcolm's injury, whether he'll need surgery, whether he's going to be out for three months or six months or two months, who knows? But I think the Celtics felt like it's time to move on. It's it's a it's it's definitely mixed emotion, definitely a a tough situation because I think everybody likes Marcus. He was great with us as the media members. Um, he was always honest. He's always talking when uh, during good and bad times. Um, but you know, these things. This is the league, man. It's a business. Chauncey, as you know, Sharad Chauncey got traded from Detroit to Denver. I'm sure. That's I'm sure that still hurts your feelings. You it know, do. I mean, we've all covered guys and who gotten traded and talked to them. You know, everything. You know, Rip Hamilton finished his career in Chicago. I mean, you know, world so, ain't right, man. Ben Wallace did like Sherrod's Pistons all got broken up like the. You know, what I'm saying like all broke up like New Edition. You know, I mean, all went. It happens. It happens. 
You know, or, 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 or Kwani, I'll say B2K. Is that B2K? Don't do that. Don't do that. I literally went to a new edition concert. So I'll, say, I'll, but, say B, I'll say B2K. I saw new edition. For your younger folks who don't remember new edition, you know. I know new edition. <laughs> B2K, or uh, I'm trying to think of a young group, you know. I mean, it's this business is hard, and you see some of your favorite guys. I mean, I was there when Danny traded Pearson Garnett. <laughs> To Brooklyn and Pearson Garnett came back back in in a Brooklyn uniform and, it's, and it was strange, but this is a damn business. So I think everybody understands the business. I think the Celtics are trying to get to that elusive title, and they felt like this was the best move to bring in Porzingis. Baseball season is in full swing, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash Boston to join today. Now, when you look around the, the Major League Baseball landscape, because that is the end thing right now, uh, you look at the Red Sox, they've struggled, but there's a lot of other good teams out there to bet on uh, and, and bet against. Uh, you look out in the National League, you've got the San Francisco Giants who've won 10 in a row. Uh, you got the Big Red Machine in Cincinnati. They've also won 10 in a row. Are they going to keep rolling like that, or will someone put an end to that? You can get in on the action and just, and have a say in what you think is going to happen with those teams. Uh, so don't miss your chance to snag a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash Boston to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. 21 and present in Massachusetts. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at fanduel.com sportsbook. Hope is here. Gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. The, the latest report from your colleagues at the Boston Globe, Gary, is that sources say Marcus Smart was completely shocked by the news of the trade and is still trying to process it as of Thursday. Quote, Marcus loves Boston. He thought he was going to retire here. He wanted to retire. That's basically the sentiment of a lot of Celtics fans. But in return, like we mentioned, the Celtics are now acquiring Kristaps Porzingis. From your perspective, who do you think, what do you think makes this trade more maybe impactful for the Celtics? Is it the fact that Porzingis is coming to Boston or the fact that Marcus is leaving? What do you think, Gary? Oh, I mean, I think people are, they ain't seen Porzingis on the court yet. So I think it's the reaction to Smart leaving. I think there's a collective shock. He played nine years here and that's a long time, man. That's a long time in, in NBA professional sports to be some anywhere nine years um, sixth overall pick. I remember the night he got drafted. I was there in New York when he got drafted. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's emotional because you grow as a, even a media member. You grow to be friends with these guys. You talk to them. They know who you are. They know you by your name. They you talk to him. I remember Marcus's mom passed away. He's been through so much, you know. And I think everybody became attached to him. His leadership is fire. Um, 
you know, just the technical fouls getting into it. He was the only something that that basically at times gave a shit, you know, and um, they got to find that back. So I think that there's going to be a collective mourning in terms of losing a guy like that. Now, on the floor, will they be a better team? It all depends on what happens to the rest of the summer. I think they're going to have some more moves to make. I think Grant Williams is likely gone. Now they have a first-round pick. There's another reason for the for folks to watch the draft, to see who they pick at 25. There could be some, you know, and the guy Sherrod mentioned. Uh, Eric Whitehead. Eric Whitehead is likely available at 25. Or my guy, Marcus Sasser. Uh, from Houston could be up there now. Do they want? Do they need another guard? Do they need? I mean, I don't know how many pure point guards they could get. Uh, you know, because I think they need it. You know, or how much faith they have in Peyton Pritchard now kind of comes back into the fold. I'm sure he's thought he was getting traded and thought he he thought he's going getting ready for his new team. <laughs> and he's like, hey, Peyton, let me holler at you for a minute. Uh, you know, take some change. <laughs> he got his hand in the door, and I'll be like, oh, what y'all me? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, <laughs> he's like, come, come on back, bro. He, you know, let's have a conversation. So, and not, and, and I always mentioned JD Davidson. Let's see what happens with him. So we'll see what they do in the draft tonight. I think it could be interesting that now they have a first round pick and they have a first round pick next year. The return, the return they got from Marcus, I don't think anybody can complain about, but I also think when you lose a guy like that, who is, you got so many, everybody's a famous Marcus moments, you know, the steals, the diving on the floor, some of the heady plays that he made over the years. I mean, it's, it's, it's emotional for a Celtic fan, even for us in terms of getting to know these guys and seeing them every day. So I think Celtics fans are way more in mourning right now. I mean, I know some are celebrating and they're putting their pom-poms up thinking, because I got a lot of emails, get him out of here. He needs to go, that type of thing. But um, honestly, I got mixed emotions. I think Porzingis will bring a lot to the team. Um, but also, uh, you hate to lose a guy like Marcus. You want to see him finish his career uh, in Boston. And now... Should they retire his number? Who knows? We'll see, you know, nine years. I don't know if that will happen. Uh, but you definitely wanted to see, hopefully he gets his flowers when he comes back. Yeah, I, I think they will definitely do that. And, I, and Gary, I, I think that, you know, in a perfect world, you just kind of accept the trade and move on. But this ain't a perfect world. And Marcus was not a perfect player. But Marcus was perfect for the situation that he was placed in in Boston. They needed someone in that post-KG era who had some fire to them, had some passion. No one breathes like KG. We know that. We're not comparing him to KG. But the fire, the intensity that Marcus played with, when you look at from the time he became a Celtic to, to this point, there really isn't anyone even close to having that type of intensity with any type of consistency about them that compared to Marcus. Uh, I, I, again, as he got older, I think he did gain a little bit more wisdom. Uh, he, there, we didn't see as many incidents where, you know, he gets into a phase of a player, then starts walking off. Then does a quick beeline and go after him again. Uh, got, you know, former security guard Phil Lynch grabbing at his ankles. I, those are some of my memories of, of Marcus. But for me, the, the my most fondest memories are the ones that we didn't write much about. Uh, talking to him off to the side, you know, after his mom passed away. Uh, go, talking about just some of the things he experienced coming up in Texas, uh, which uh, a lot of the things that he went through, uh, 
on a personal level, I could absolutely 100% relate to. Uh, and partly that's why I was so amazed at the, the just the, the candidness that he had with us, because a lot of the things that he dealt with um, that I know about and some things that aren't public um, are painful. Uh, the kind of things that just you dealing with them is hard enough, but dealing with them in a public forum is, is even more uh, impressive. And so, I, I mean, I, I wish that brother the best of luck. Uh, I, I hope he does great things in Memphis. Uh, just seeing him go there makes me think that we may be looking at Tony Allen 2.0. Uh, because remember when Tony went to Memphis, completely changed that culture, and they literally have not been the same since. And, you know, Danny Ainge, you know, he it's not one to, to play hindsight with trades and non-trades and, and signings and non-signings, but that was one signing he has been on the record saying if he could do it over again, he would have found a way to keep Tony out. Uh, because it was very, very small money difference between what Tony walked into and what uh, – you know, the Celtics could have offered. But this is completely different than that um, because it's clear that this was plan B. Mo moving Malcolm Brogdon was the plan. And when that didn't work out, they went to plan B. And, and I know that this is one that, that Brad uh, was not an easy decision for him to make. But Brad, I, I, I respect the fact that Brad doesn't let it get personal uh, because this was transactional. This was not a personal move because Marcus Smart is the kind of player that as a coach, you want to have guys in, in, in your locker room like that. Uh, but a chance to get a guy like Porzingis, who's only 27, 28 years old, uh, he's had a long history of injuries, but he's also never been in a position where he was asked to be, at best, your number three option. Uh, and for a guy with his skill set and talent to be the number three, who you don't necessarily need to go out and get you 25 a night, that's a great situation for him to go in. And frankly, if you're the Celtics, I think it's it's difficult to pass up an opportunity to acquire a player like that, especially when the player that you're moving on in Marcus, uh, to Gary's point, I think there was beginning to be a little bit of a leveling out as far as, you know, what he brought to the table and just some of the downsides of what he brought to the table. Uh, but, you know, the, again, the other, and again, this is the last point I'll make on this. The, the one thing that I will say that I do like for Marcus about going to Memphis is he's going to be able to be the kind of leader that he's built to be. Uh, that was not going to happen in Boston. Tatum and Brown are the faces of the franchise. They're going to be the folks that people look to from a leadership standpoint, no matter what Marcus did. And I think Memphis gives affords him an opportunity to be the kind of leader that he is built to be. It was not going to happen in Boston uh, as Tatum and Brown continue to evolve and grow into the players and the faces of the franchise and the leaders of this team. Marcus's role, I think, from a leadership standpoint, was only going to diminish. Now he has a chance to reset and again, be that badass dog in the, in the pound that he's capable of doing and not have to worry about stepping on anybody's toes. Uh, because the only player that he would have to worry about with that is John Moran. And he got 25 games to set himself up, you know, to be that guy. So. I do want to quickly backtrack because Gary, like you mentioned, now the Celtics technically are the 25th pick for Thursday night's draft, but there was a minor detail that was put out there that because the trade isn't technically done because of physicals the Grizzlies are going to be the one that make that pick physically so do you know like how does that work do the Celtics tell them who they want or does yes. Memphis still just have the autonomy okay <laughs> for the people Why, you know damn sure. well no <laughs> just making sure because I mean in some we, we, did, we, pick, we pick for you here's here's a play we want you to have well, this kid from Division Three, East East Middle Nowhere University, six, a six-two center. 
I wasn't sure how the contracts read, so that's why I asked. The We're gonna give you this division so three sure other people. That's who you'll get twenty fifty. I'm sure other people have the same question. Come on, so here. Come on, I stand here's, here's fifty thousand dollars. Go buy me a car. You gonna come back with like a <laughs> a Hyundai? <laughs> you said a car. You just said a car to drive. You told me to pick the car. Like no, like uh, they the Celtics will inform Memphis. The the dude will walk up, put on a Memphis hat. Everybody will be like, "Well, you know, you're going to the Celtics." And then when it's official, he'll get a Celtics hat and put on the Celtics hat. And it's so stupid. I don't know why. Well, because I remember they they did. Yeah, I mean, remember the big brouhaha with um and Tatum's draft with what's his name um Fultz. You know, yeah. Even though Boston had that number one overall pick. You know, we knew he, we knew that he wasn't going there. Um, so, and, and that teams, yeah, they they inform the other team of who they want. And I've never heard of a situation where a team said draft this guy and that guy would then get drafted. That's that what I mean, was, that's why I was curious if it's ever happened too. Like that's petty. But if Gary was a GM, that would happen. If Gary, yeah, because Gary would do something. Gary would do something shady like that. Like, oh my bad. You wanted the All-American? I thought you wanted the dude from America University. My bad. That's right. <laughs> Yo. We still, get the, we still want to do the deal, right? I misheard you. I didn't hear. What? You want who? Oh, I didn't know you wanted that dude. Oh, damn. My bad. My, my fault, peoples. I'll get you next year. <laughs> yeah, let's do this again next year. Yeah, let's do it again. Man. I, I promise I get it right now. <laughs> Um. Yeah. Like. Uh. So. Yeah. It's gonna be kind of playing, playing. Uh. You know. The going through the motions and stuff. And then the Celtics traded the thirty fifth pick. I think to Washington. So I think they'll take. You know, Washington will call them and go. Okay, this is who we want you to take at thirty five. Fun. It's like a group project essentially. Yes. But <laughs> that being said, I mean, any final thoughts on the move overall? Obviously, we haven't seen Porzingis and Green yet, so. We don't necessarily know what he's going to contribute, but what maybe is some optimism that fans should have? Actually, let's have a quickly the big man conversation um, that we actually had yesterday. Thank you to the Celtics. We had to scrap, but what do you two think, make of him being now added to the big man rotation for the Celtics? Well, I, I think he, he, there's a lot of boxes that he checks off, some good, some not so good. Uh, the good boxes is he's a seven foot three big man who shoots damn near 40% from three point range. Only one seven-footer in the NBA shoots better than him, uh, and that's Laurie Markkinen. Uh, he's also a guy that shoots the ball well from the field. He, he blocks uh, a high number of shots. He was like eighth or ninth in the league last year in block shots per game. Uh, he's a 2010 guy, basically, when when he plays like starter-like minutes. Uh, they're not going to need him to do that. In fact, that's, I think, one of the negatives. He joins a long and growing list of guys that they're going to have to do load management with this year. When you talk about Al, you talk about Rob, you talk about Malcolm Brogdon, and now you're going to add another one to the mix. So the medical staff for the Celtics are going to be the busiest crew in the league this year. Uh, I mean, basically half of the team starting rotation is going to be on load management. And how in the hell do you do that over an 82-game season, uh, particularly at a time when your bench isn't nearly as deep uh, as – you would want it to be just because some of the moves you've had to make. So it was important, and you know, and to uh, kind of piggyback what was said earlier, it was important for the Celtics to get a good player who can come in and give them some help. It's one of the reasons why, you know, that 25th pick is probably going to have more significance this year than, than in past years. This has to be someone that 
can compete for a rotation spot. It's, this is not somebody that you send to the G League and have them down there for most of the year. They need to get someone who can come in and help right away because that's the way the NBA is, is trending now. Uh, because of just the way the salary cap changes and ramifications of that, teams are going to lean on draft picks sooner rather than later to come in and contribute. Uh, it worked for Denver. Uh, when you look at some of the guys that they had who stepped in in the playoffs, uh, the kid from Kansas did a really good job for them. Coming off the bench, had some big games. Um, Celtics, you're going to have to do something similar to that going forward because you just don't have the quality depth that you had uh, this past season. This message is for entrepreneurs. These are our hiring goals, they say. They're very aggressive, but when everyone looks to you, you're calm. Why is that? Because you know you don't need a miracle. You need Indeed. Indeed is a hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills. Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. They streamline hiring with powerful tools that help you find matched candidates. With their instant match tool, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. One of the things that we love here on the A-List podcast about their Indeed's website is the fact that they are the hiring platform that you can invite candidates to apply to, one. And they're three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in their search bar. And you also can get one step closer to hiring by immediately matching you, again, with quality candidates, keyword. Even better, Indeed's the only job site where you can only pay for applications that meet the requirements that you need for the role that you have available. Join over 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. You can start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash A-list. Offer good for a limited time. Claim that $75 credit right now on Indeed.com slash A-list. Yeah, I think um, Porzingis will definitely add an element to the offense. I think that He'll stretch the floor. He'll make things easier on Jason and Jalen. I think that he'll he's a post-up guy, too. He can shoot over anybody. Um, he's a good mid-range shooter, and that's what they need. Someone who can hit the basic 18-foot jumper without any, you know, like he like like his like his drinking water. Very easy. And they need that. Um, you know, so I think he'll fit like like Sherrod said too. Um they're definitely gonna have to be aware of playing time of who you know like split the minutes and as Shiraz said they need somebody in that 25th pick now I've been told that they might move the pick or they for a vet who knows what they'll do with 25 but like Shiraz said they need to get somebody who can come in and play like they don't they need a body right they need somebody who can come in on the cheap because that'll be a you know a cheaper deal and give them some quality minutes. I'm not talking about 50, 30 minutes a game, but 15, 18 minutes, 16, just have a role. You know, the best case scenario, like you look at Denver, what they got from um, Christian Brown, you know, just a guy who is adapt, ready to come in and contribute. And the tough part about that is with this draft and a lot of drafts, there's a lot of one and dones. And with one and dones, you're rolling the dice. Okay, that you can take a veteran like my man Marcus Sasser. You can take a guy who's almost 23, 
um, which nowadays in the NBA is like old man and you give him a rocking chair, you know, you know, you know, that's a young age, but for, for the draft, that's old, or you could take a chance on one of these one and dones like Sherrod's buddy Whitehead or another one of his buddies, Brian, Bryce Sensabaugh from Ohio state and hope that they adjust um, and can, you know, get some tutelage and with their good college coaching come in and, and help. Um, and so I do, the sellers do have options, but I do think they can't miss on this pick now. You know, they don't need some, like, like, like you don't need someone who's going to come in there and win rookie of the year, but you want someone who come in there and they're not looking at them like, damn, we really made a mistake. Like, even if it takes a year to contribute, like you want somebody to kind of, if they can't keep Grant Williams, you want somebody to be kind of the heir apparent to Grant. And Grant was that scenario, right? Grant contributed as a rookie. He came and, and did some things as a rookie and made some adjustments and obviously became a better player over the years. But as a rookie, he was useful. So it was Peyton. So you need to get a guy to come in here and play and you need Porzingis to be in good health. Celtics doctors look at him. Okay, Chris. Okay, Chris Stapps. This is what we've examined. You, this, your left knee is a little stronger than your right knee. All of what is wrong with him. Make sure he gets treatment. Make sure he gets the proper care, and make sure he can last you 65, 70 games. You don't, uh, you know, he ain't going to play eighty-two, and I don't think they want him to. But you got to get him and Robert probably both in the starting lineup and to play quality minutes together. Yeah, you don't, yeah, like you don't, want, you don't yeah. want to put that 25th pick winder with Juwan Johnson and Jimmy Butler just sitting on the a, on a, on a deck just like, here I is. You don't want that. Yeah, true that. Yeah, obviously this move was very big for the Celtics, but it sounds like Thursday night's draft is going to be very important as well when we talk about building and preparing for that championship window we keep talking about every week at this point. But any final thoughts as we wrap up? Again, thank you to the Celtics for messing up our schedules and our lives. Um, <laughs> any final words? I I think about them. I'm 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 just I'm just like I said earlier. I'm just disappointed that Marcus is leaving. But understand why. I mean, it's a deal that if I were the Celtics, shoes, I would pull the trigger on the deal as well. Uh, that doesn't take away from the disappointment uh, in seeing a, a guy that was just really he embodies so much of what you want mm-hmm. as a team in your guys, in your play, your core guys. Uh, and to see him move on, it, it's it's disappointing. It's a little bit sad, but it's understandable because, as Gary pointed out earlier, it's the business. This is this is what you do. This is what you do. Yeah, I mean, you know, not an easy day. You know, in times it's just kind of if you woke up to the news or you found out at one a.m. or whatever, you you I know, you still at five a.m. You still kind of swallowing it, like you know. Wow. Okay. I just thought it was Malcolm getting out of here. Oh, you know, it was Mark, you know, you just kind of, but the NBA is a business. Um, and I think Marcus will, it's not like they trade him to a team that won eight games last year. They trade him to a team that was a number two seed that's got, you know, when his head is on straight, uh, uh, all NBA player in John Morant, they got other talent around him. He'll put, he'll replace that Dylan Brooks role. I think, you know, he'll be that defender. He'll be the guy that can, you know, I think that that's what they um, really want out of him, you know, and they'll figure out, is he going to be the starting point guard? Obviously, you know, or will he move to the two when Ja comes back or Ja move to the two? But they have some, I just think Memphis is a perfect place for him. And I think he'll embrace the community. 
I think he'll be someone who, you know, reaches out and, and tries to help young kids. Uh, and, you know, because he's come from that tough background as some of those kids from Memphis have. So I, I think it's a good fit for him. Um, but I also think he's got to be shocked and, and surprised as Kwani mentioned. And there's got to be some like, what did I do wrong going through his head? Like, why did I get traded? But this is a business and, you know, both sides are going to have to move on. The The season's not going to stop to give fans time to mourn and time to get adjusted. Like, it's got to happen now. We'll definitely get a good tribute video. But wait, before we go, I just thought about this. Favorite Marcus Smart memory? It could oh, be game-related, so personally with media. As I you mentioned, he's been really good with the media. So there, there's so many, but the one, I, the one member I probably come back to whenever I think about Marcus Smart is that game against Houston when he drew back-to-back offensive fouls against James Harden like the last minute, and that spurred in the victory. I'm thinking like that that's that's never going to ever happen again, folks. I mean, yeah. that's literally like that's like seeing Haley's comment. Uh, you know, in the sky one night. It's, it just doesn't come around multiple times in your lifetime. So that one I think about Marcus Smart and just kind of how that never say die, find a way to get get it done uh, with whatever tools you got at your disposal, which for him is his defensive acumen. That probably my fondest memory of Marcus. Wow. I'll probably say like 11, the 11 threes against Cleveland in a playoff game. Um, I thought that was an incredible performance. Uh, some of the scrapes, the, the one again with uh, DeAndre Bembry, he was an out of the league, but the one where he was about, you know, in Atlanta. Uh, that was where the former security guy Flint was was grasping at his ankle. Yeah, yeah, that one. That was that was uh, that was fun to watch. Um, and just some of the big play, like you said, like uh, the drawing the charge against Harden, diving for the loose ball. Uh, I think a, a, a good play recently in the Brooklyn series, not this last last year where he uh, drew a jump, jump ball with Durant. I think the, the, the Nets had a chance to close to like get the two for one, I want to say. And he kind of knocked the ball away from Durant at midcourt and dived and drew a jump and it just botched the whole thing. And the Celtics ended up winning or whatever. I mean, that heady plays like that, I will always remember from Marcus. You know, you remember the uh-oh threes that went down. You know, it's all good. It's all good. I mean, as I said, I think some of the things, as Sherrod mentioned and I mentioned, that started to level off a little bit. The, the you know, the question was, was Marcus becoming more a more mature point guard? Where it's like, okay, don't throw this pass. Okay, no, 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 hold up. Like, we're not we're not running here. We're going to take time to get a good shot. Okay, we're going to get the two for one. Um, you know, and I'm not going to be the one taking the, 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 the jumper. It, like, it, was that happening? I think that was slow to occur this year. And I do think it drove some folks in the organization crazy. But overall, just a great run. Selfishly, mine is not basketball. Well, it's obviously basketball related, but it's not game related. It was actually the very first game I ever covered for the Celtics. And he was doing that trick shot that he does backwards. And again, my first game, I had no idea what's going on. I'm just trying to figure out how I 
secure my career in sports. And I remember, Sherrod, you were actually standing right next to me. I don't know if you remember this, but he points at us and he's like, get this. I'm like, what is he talking about? But I have my phone, so I can start recording. And he does the backward shot, misses the first two times, finally makes it, obviously, and we get that all on camera. And that was the first tweet I had posted as a social media coordinator for NBC Sports Boston. So kind of helping, kind of giving an assist, quite literally, for me when it came to getting content. But like you said, always being good with media, always answering our questions, even if they were annoying or, you know, a little hard on him at times. I, I did appreciate the time that he was here when he worked with us. Because as you know, there are a lot of players that don't even want to talk to us after games. So I appreciate him. Well, if that's all you have, that's all I have for this emergency episode of the Angels Podcast. Gary Washburn, Aishon Blakely. We'll be back next week. I'm Fonny Lunas. Thank you so much for listening. And hopefully it's a little less dramatic next week. We love drama. And we love Marcus Smart. Yeah.